Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 195. Together we shall no longer be a nation divided. That's how it works. Yep. Instead, we all should be multiple nations divided and fighting each other. <laughs> there you go. As it should be. <laughs> As it should be, exactly. Oh, no, not We're really. nothing but competitive no. in this one-player podcast. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, hello, Albert. Welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing quite well. Excellent. Life is doing good, except for a little bit of snow we're having down here in the Mid-South. Actually, a lot of snow, I guess, for Memphis. But other than that... <laughs> mm-hmm. You're better off than other people, so... Texas, I hear, is having it even harder. Texas, Oregon, yeah. Lots of places. Fortunately, I don't think snow ties into our game at all today. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, today we're talking about Nations, the dice game. Again. So again, this is going to be one of our back to the table segments. This is a game we have previously reviewed, but it's a game that uh, Albert and I continue to play. Uh, and we wanted to bring it back for general awareness and see if we've had any updates to our opinion on the game over time. Mm-hmm. So that now, when up, did we cover last? Do you know? I do not know, Albert. I'm going to look it up. Me either. Let me, I'll look it up while we keep talking. I'm just going to sit here and wait for you if you want to look it up. <laughs> okay. Then we won't keep talking. I'm going to make a handy geek list. Titles only. It's going slow. Nations. Nations was in fifth, episode 58 in 2014. Nations, the dice game, was in 2015. August of 2015. That's been a while. So it's been six about years. six years since we last played this. We talked about this game, yes. And yeah, it was nice. brand new then. <laughs> a lot has happened since then. They've had an expansion, for example. Indeed. But I think today we're going to be focusing, again, as last time, just on the base game. Yes. Yes. Something I do want to note now, in addition to uh, coming out with an expansion, there actually is a fully digital version of this that's come out for yukata.de if you wanted to play it there. And it's just a simple startup copy of the game. It plays right in your browser. And I do think that it's a pretty good version of it, especially in current times, if you wanted to play it remote with other people. I did not know that was out. Is that relatively recent? I do not know how recent it is. I've been playing it for a while. I don't know when it came out. Uh, no, it's been online since 2015, it says. Huh, okay. Basically since as long as the game. I don't even remember playing this version. Mm-hmm. Odd. I haven't been on Yucatel for a while. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So, so where do we start? The I guess we'll start by telling listeners to go back and listen to the episode, uh, just to see what we used to think. Episode number eighty-five, and then when you're done, come back and you can hear what we think now, or just skip that and listen to it. Now, the, we're going to cover the whole thing here. Yeah. Okay. So, theme. This is a sieve building game, but it's a sieve building game light because it's a like dice game. Good summary. Over four rounds, you're going to be building up your nation um, by trying to buy with different, quote, currencies, which are really just dice types, um, different type of things for your nation. At the end of the fourth round, you're going to total up your points from either points obtained over the course of the game or points obtained from uh, things that you have purchased, and whoever has the most amount of points wins. Yep, and by purchased, we mean discovered or invented or invested in or built that's purchased i'm a very mechanical person it is purchased (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we're talking about theme and the and the four rounds are also called epochs or epics we'll talk about theme when we get to theme i'm talking about mechanics now 
<laughs> okay, mechanics. So there you go. So that's the mechanics of the game. How about the theme? You want to move to theme next? Sure, we can move to theme. Go for it, Albert. All right, so this is a Civ building game light, as I already said. Uh, it, it's a Paysadon theme, basically. Why are we even talking about theme? Uh, it's a very light game. You're rolling dice. There's a lot of luck in that sort of thing. The theme is primarily there in the art, I think. Um, but I really enjoy the theme. I really do. And that's <laughs> one of the things I like about this game. <laughs> but yeah, so so it's, Julius said there's four rounds. Each round is a separate Age of Man, right? There's a... Um, the Bronze Age is the first round. I guess the second round is probably the Middle Ages. The third round is what came after Middle Ages? The Renaissance, and then finally you are the Industrial Age. Way too hard to push the theme. It's there. I mean, you just said it. That's a paste on a theme, and you're trying so hard to push it. It's not really there. <laughs> I mean, for, for the first part, these are randomized. For the second thing, like, you, you can have all sorts of wild things coming from across the country. You can have Egyptian monarch tied with Greek buildings. And, like, it's yes. all over the place. It's not designed to be a history simulator. It's not designed to be... Nope. And yet, all the tiles are thematically accurate for their epic, right? <laughs> they um, thematically accurate, yes. Y- yes, and and here's the thing: this game is based on its big brother, Nations, right? The it's a bigger civ building game, which plays very similar in in that each round, and there's eight instead of four. You're buying cards that represent different things that give you resources. And you build up, and it, it uses a lot of the same art. It looks real similar, it feels real similar, just heavier. And I find the theme in that relatively strong again because the cards really seem to represent what they are. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to agree with you on this one at all. Like the theme is enough (laughs) here to tie together the mechanics and make it make sense. Like a stone building will sort of have a stone. Yes. Yes. And the monuments will sort of have a monument thing, but eh, it's, it's more pasted on than I'll say anything else about that. Okay. uh, Here, let me describe it this way. I love the theme because, because I like seeing the tiles and saying, oh, yeah, this building, yeah, totally fits in that era. And, it, you know, it reminds me of the different history associated with it, with the person, if it's a person, or, or it might represent some famous battle from that time period, you know, which is a time period that could span a thousand years or more. Um, so they tend to be very big. And it's just a tile with a picture and some very abstract mechanics. So I love the theme. But while I'm playing the game, it doesn't feel like I'm building an epic empire. It feels like I'm you know, rolling dice. Yep. <laughs> and buying tiles. Yep. It's very <laughs> abstracted. So I think yeah. that's enough that's for us to be done talking about the theme. Why don't we talk about the components? Oh, gosh. So in this game, you're going to get mostly tiles. It's a lot of tiles that you're buying onto your tableau, right? Oh, nice tiles. And then there's a lot of dice. It's a dice game. They're all custom dice. They're, they're plastic, not wood, with, um, I guess, etched etched uh, symbols on them and then painted in mm-hmm. different colors. So, so they're nice quality dice. Oh, I will say that the dice oh. are probably one of the nicest components of the game. They're very well done. They mm-hmm. roll really well. The icons on the dice, which again are the general icons that they use for the rest of the graphics are clear, easy to read from across the table. Even when you have something like a single die face with three swords on it, it's really easy to tell that it's three swords, not two swords, for example. So the mm-hmm. dice mm-hmm. is an excellent component one of the best parts yes the the boards very thick and there's boards for each player for each nation 
they're they're very flimsy, you know, they're, they're thin cardboard. Um, but they're adequate. You know, for this you don't really need uh thick player boards or something, they're just player mats. Um the tiles I think are nicely done. Again, the same sort of icon icons on the tiles as the die, so it's all very clear to understand. The the way they're laid out, where on the left is the the resources used to buy, is clear. The I like a nice touch. It's also in the board game. The bottom of each tile has a little mark on it, telling you what age it's from. Mm. And it's really effective because if you have the car, the tiles upside down, you can very quickly tell which tiles belong in that age and which ones are in, in the wrong stack when you're Agreed. organizing. And that that's a pretty pretty slick little touch there. I thought. I agree. That is a touch. There is Mm -hmm. one aspect of the tiles that possibly in comparison to some other games is bothering me more, and it's this. There's actually two types of tiles in the game. There are the tiles that you're going to be purchasing from the board, and there's also a set of tiles that are going to be sort of like a goalpost for each round. Each round, you're going to randomize one of the four, uh, one, one of the stacks of tiles from the game and there's these uh i'm not even sure what they're called but they're these event tiles and Mm -hmm. when they come out they'll show you at the beginning of each round if how much food you have to train for points and how much swords you have to train for points at the end of the round those tiles are the same shape and size as the regular tiles which does mean that it's relatively easy for them to get lost in the other ones that you know, they they don't mesh perfectly with the other ones. I've appreciated more with other games how many other games I've noticed make sure that different tiles, that, that components that have different functions have different shapes. Um, granted here, everything uses just the similar, just the same either square or circle if it's a chit or a tile that you can purchase. But mm-hmm. I feel it would have been better if it would have been a different shape, maybe just elongate out to be a rectangle instead of a square, or maybe make it into a hex. There are a lot of different shapes that they could have fit, and even matched sort of like an insert or something else like that. But making it the same shape means that it's somewhat easier for it to get lost among the other tiles. Yeah. You know, for me, funny enough, that that's not a, a drawback, that's a feature. Because the way I store the game and the way I set it up when I'm playing... I made a little foam tray just that has four compartments, one for each epic, one for each round. And when I'm going to play around, I pull out all the tiles from that stack, throw them in a bag that I got in the box, mix them up in the bag, and then just start pulling them out one at a time. If it's a if it's a resource tile that I'm going to be able to buy, that goes onto the main board. If it's a purple tile, the event tile, I'll put it on the event board. And I just keep drawing tiles that way. So it doesn't matter to me what it is. Yeah, but what if you don't pull out an event tile, for example? I will eventually because I'll keep going until I have the tile. Once I get towards the end of the bag and there's maybe like 10 tiles left in there or something, then I just grab the whole thing and I start pulling them off. Whatever is the top event is the one I would put in there. I hear what you're saying. So it ends up, for me, it ends up being super easy to set it up. I've never tried that before. And then when I'm done, I just put them all back together. Yeah, it probably helps because I have that nice tray to to keep them organized in. And that really makes it so much easier for me to set it up. Hmm. Yeah, I've actually also printed off a tray. Like I've used, at this point in time, especially with the expansion, I've 3D printed a tray. Uh, that holds everything nicely, but I just think the same thing could have been done with having them be different mm-hmm. sizes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that would have worked too. 
Um, but yeah, otherwise, like you said, they, they look very similar. The colors are different, but if you know, if you got a whole bunch of tiles in your hand from the side, you can't tell where they are. You'd have to kind of go through them to find them. So yeah, the, that's. I think that's pretty much our components. Is also the one thing I don't think we've mentioned is the, the player chits. order cards, which are relevant, and the chits and the chits. Yes, cardboard white playing cardboard discs with a symbol on it, which match mm-hmm. the the symbols and some of the tiles you could purchase. And they're basically extra. Th- Some of them are re- represent resources that you could gain other ways. Like for example, if you if you gain a leader, an orange tile, that m- they might give you an extra reroll, or they might give you gold every round, or something potentially. Mm-hmm. You'll get that as a, a chit instead of having a dice. So now you've got one guaranteed of whatever that is every single round, which is nice. One other component I will mention that sort of shows that, at the very least, makes me think this is like an older era of sort of deluxe games is that there are each color is associated at least in the base game with the different factions like red is rome for example each color also gets two circular discs colored the same color and you use those Mm -hmm. to track your victory points and your book values and those are just plain wooden discs there's no other icons associated with Rome. There's not a specific chit associated with Rome. It's not like a Roman building or anything like that. It's just a red circle. Yeah, and it would be nice if it had a symbol on it. It'd make it nice and fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's plain. It's not as fancy as things we've come out we've seen come out since then. Yeah, that's true. Definitely, definitely components are, are way fancier than it used to be and this is only six years ago it's not like back in the day yeah but our i mean game six years have... is six years but you do see a lot more screen printing yeah. on wood tokens with these kind of things than yes absolutely not is yes absolutely the um components the there is one other thing the components that aren't in the game right specifically if you're playing solo then you have to supply your own d6 it gives you a d4 it provides you a D4. Does it? Yes. I threw mine out ages ago then. You did throw yours out ages ago. You actually threw it out when we last talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> did I, oh, yeah, it does say, oh, my gosh. I, I put in my own four-sided die. Look at that. Exactly. So it brings all the components for solo play. That's cool because back in the day, they wouldn't have normally done that for a game. You know, right. add extra components just for solo play. So we did talk about this back then. That the and I hadn't mentioned this because we hadn't gotten to the solo. If you're playing solo, there is a D four that you use to randomize what happens for your quote opponent's turn. Um, and it's a Caltrop D four. You it falls really flat. It does not mm-hmm. roll very well at all. Um, there are you know double six dice make a D twelve. That's a D four which I prefer to use. There are some fancy rollable D4s. Um, mm-hmm. So I do have the original D4 in my box still, but there's also a double six. There's a D4 12. I don't know what you call it, but there's a 12 sided D4 in the box, which is what I use to make it more rollable. And yeah, just oh, get okay. rid of the call drop. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's the first thing I did. I got rid of that. I replaced it with a, uh, I guess it's a Q workshops D4. That's more rounded. Mm-hmm. that i enjoy but yeah so everything is there i am sorry i was wrong it's it's been a while <laughs> but sure enough it's in the back of the box in the picture i could see it there little black there dot okay so components is done move on to gameplay Our game, albert sorry. gameplay okay 
Um, simple game. And again, this is re- based on the Big Brother version of the game. That's pretty simple, but this is just takes a lot of the randomness out. Each round, you can have dice representing each of the developments you start the game with. They're printed onto your board. You have five basic developments, which each give you a white die, the basic type dice. And you're gonna at the beginning of the round, you're gonna roll all five dice, and that shows you all the resources you could you're gonna have. You can include gold, food, books, um, stone, stone for building, swords. swords, and maybe one more because I've only mentioned five, right? I think there are only and five. Are there only five? Yes, Albert. <laughs> okay. So and so that's gonna be on your die. Um, this is what you have as resources each turn. You're going to look, look in the board and buy something off the board. Items on the bottom row are going to cost one resource. Middle row are going to cost two. Top row are going to cost three. The type of resource cost depends on the tile you're buying. Most of them are going to cost you gold. Some of them, um, colonies that you basically fought and, and conquered, are going to cost you swords. And what's the other one? Uh, monuments, monuments, which do also cost they gold. But they call, yes, unlike for blue tiles, uh, monuments, which are the brown tiles, you get gold to buy them, but they are not active until you also spend stone to build them. At which point in time, you mm-hmm. get the victory points and whatever shit they give you as well. Yes, so so you're gonna buy your tile with the resources. Any dice you spend, you then. They're basically out of your pool for the rest of the round. I always put them back onto the on my board on top of one of the spaces to mark it as used. Whatever tile you bought, you will then place on your board. The, the leaders go in one specific spot, and you only have space for one leader. The monuments only go in a specific spot. You have space for one unbuilt monument. The, the colonies that you conquer just go off, off the board. They don't take up any space. And then the rest of the board is for your blue... Uh, things that you build, which I guess are buildings or resources, things like that. Those will replace one of the spaces on the bottom. They gave you the generic white dice. And at least the first three rounds, they're going to upgrade your dice to either one of a spec- one of the four different colors of dice, the five different colors. Three different colors. Three? <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I just played this game yesterday and I can't remember these things. And, and then so you're going to turn in whatever die you're replacing and get a new die that's better than that one now that this is the neat thing if the die you're replacing is one you've already spent then you get to re-roll it and use it again basically with it in the new upgraded version if you hadn't spent the die yet because you chose to replace one that's in your unused pool then you know you lost a, a free you shouldn't have done that that was right. bad play yes i mean sometimes you're going to want it because that's still your best choice but generally speaking shame on you <laughs> you're about to lose. Oh, and and so that's that. I think is one of the neatest things. It's that whole deciding which where to place your resource that you bought because you get to reuse those dice and get more actions out of the round that way. Oh, that's basically the game. Each round you're gonna spend your re- well. There's a couple of things you could do, right? You could spend your resources, like I said, to buy a tile. You already mentioned the monuments. If you could spend stone to put on a monument that you have under construction to complete the monuments. And now it's a built monument, and you can take that off your board and set it to the side, and either it's going to give you victory points and or some special resource that you get each round in the term of a chip. All right? And 
And the other thing you could do is if you have a reroll token, you could reroll your dice. You could turn in your reroll token, which you'll get to use each round, so you're going to get it back. You just set it off to the side and reroll any of your unrolled dice. Um, you don't have to roll all of them, but you, you know, you're going to roll at least one and then whatever you got, you now have for the next round to use. That's basically how the turn goes for each player. Mm -hmm. You keep going around doing this. Um, what's different then is if you, well, yeah, if you if you're playing against the AI, if you're playing solo, once you've taken your turn, the AI goes. And the way they simulate a player is you roll that D4 that came in the box or the one that you replaced it with, and it's going to have a one through a four. Your board, the the board that you're buying from, has three columns that have resources on it. If you roll one, two, or three. You take the bottom tile from that column and put it back in the box. That's out of the game. The AI bought it, and it's no longer available to you. If it rolled a four, then presumably it was doing something else, like taking a reroll or building a monument or whatever. And so nothing happens. That's a good turn for you. And you just keep going back and forth between your action and rolling the die for the tile for the AI. So so playing a solo game is super easy because there's just barely any upkeep for the AI. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, once we do that, we have some end of round actions where you, you're going to get point potentially and, and then start a new epic, take all those tiles off the board for the, the first round and replace them with tiles for the second round, which tend to be more powerful. And you're going to do that four times. And once you're done, you're going to add up your points and see how well you did. It's basically, is there any more details you want to give about all that, Julius? I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, so thoughts? Um, well, let me talk about my comments on the game multiplayer first. Um, okay. This, and I mentioned this, you know, six years ago, and it still remains true. This still is, rates as one of my wife's favorite games. We enjoy playing this a lot multiplayer, <laughs> which is especially nice in these times when we don't go out so much. Um, Does she still beat you regularly? She still beats me regularly. And I will <laughs> still say I have almost never beat her. I very rarely beat her. <laughs> Um, and she still doesn't like playing with me, even though she likes playing it, because she doesn't want to risk getting a loss when her record is <laughs> almost 100% against me. I don't know why. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's... You know, my wife and I used to play chess. Once once she beat me in a game of chess, she retired. And she, was, she never lost to me again. Yep. <laughs> so she still plays it because she still does enjoy it. But every time for her, it is just, she tells me afterwards that it's just nerve wracking that maybe this will be fun. And so funny. Inevitably, it's not. <laughs> so I still really enjoy playing it. It plays well both in two player and higher player accounts. Um, and it's a lot of fun to play. As Albert mentioned, one of my favorite things about the game is the interplay of being able to use your dice efficiently. Because the game has you replacing and upgrading dice. You want to be able to do that in a, in a manner that is as efficient as possible where you're using dice. But sometimes that's hard to achieve, especially if the dice didn't come out like you want, or if the gold only came up on a specific dice, or if there's only specific dice you're willing to turn in for the two-for-one deal. Um, so these can leave you with tough decisions on how you want to manage efficiency, but especially when you're playing against another opponent who really knows what stuff is most valuable, especially what is most valuable to you. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really hard playing efficiently. And those sort of tough decisions are very enjoyable and very fun to play with. 
those decisions in in solo are a little bit weaker because it's essentially just a randomized opponent. Sometimes he'll deprive you of it. Sometimes he won't. But because sometimes yep. he will deprive you of it, and those sometimes seem to come up all the time, <laughs> you yep. will continue to have that same difficult decision about efficiency in the multiplayer as in the solo. So the solo is very well optimized and perhaps that's just a matter of how streamlined and well regulated the game itself is that the solo mode can be made to flow so well and play so much like the multiplayer game so all in all i really do enjoy the game i have a lot of fun with the game and have you know taken the time to 3d print it and continue to play it and and (laughs) even going so far as working on making some of those chits that we were talking about for the specific factions and things like that you know I think all it just shows I enjoy mm. the game a whole lot and continue to enjoy it. Yeah, I will be honest. I don't play it that often, only because I just don't get time to. You know, just <laughs> too many that. games, not enough time. So I was looking back at my plays, and I played it last time. I played it a few times now, just just to refresh my memory, talk about it, like in the last week or two. Before that was like January of 2019. Then before that was January 2018. So I seem to play it every year or two, but. The thing is, every time I go back to play, it's super easy. There's there's no learning curve, honestly. It's just a matter of a, you know, maybe checking the setup again, that sort of thing, or checking what order to do the things at the end of the round. But always just jump right in and start playing without any any worry. That's not true for a lot of games. The Big Brother version I keep mentioning, I love that game. I have it. I I rarely play that one because that one is more complicated, and playing it is going to require me to spend time to figure out how to set it up, relearn the rules and all that. It's, you know, it's, it's an effort to get it out. I don't ever remember actually playing the Big Brother version. I think I played it before or close to when we originally reviewed it, but this one time I don't even remember doing it. It's so far back in my memory. Okay. Oh, I really liked it. I quite enjoyed it a lot. And it, it really is a great game. Um, it, it's more complicated. There's more resources to account for. The, the way the military stuff works is a little bit different and, again, more complicated. Um, you're not rolling resources. You actually get resources. There's worker placement, and there's a lot to it. Um, but it's when you once you got the rules down and you're playing that, it's a relatively fast game, too. I think the, the dice game is probably 20 minutes. The, the full version is maybe 40. Mm-hmm. If, if you're used to it, you know, if I go and pull it out tomorrow, it'll be a couple hours a game of a couple hours long just while I'm trying to figure things out and stumble my way through that first time relearning it again. <laughs> I have the advantage so has that again, my wife doesn't like to learn new games. So this one continues oh. to come out. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, it's a, it's a great game for that. Indeed. There's so many other games that I like that are they're also simple games to play, but many of them require more relearning. This one is just so much more intuitive for some reason. Mm-hmm. And granted, I have played a lot. You no, know, I log I logged my plays on BGG. Uh, yesterday's play was number fifty-two. So, so I think listeners, that just about covers it for us. Let us know if you'd like to hear us spend another time at another time on another podcast talking about and reviewing the expansion. But I think that covers just about everything we wanted to say with regard to this one. Yes, that's that's so true. And I would like to talk about the expansion. I think it's a neat, neat expansion. Alrighty, listeners, have a good night. Bye. Yawn. Excuse me.
thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.